I'm glad you found your way to the Your Vet Wants You to Know podcast for more information about how to care for your pet. The show is designed to be educational and entertaining, but not to give a specific diagnosis or treatment for your animal. That job belongs to your veterinarian who knows your pet and wants to talk to you about what's going on with them. I'm here to be a resource only. Thanks and enjoy the show. As a curious pet owner, have you ever taken to the internet for more information? Maybe you want to know why your pet is itchy and what you can do about it. Maybe you're frustrated about the ear infections. Maybe you're looking for ways to make veterinary care more affordable. Instead of wading through a sea of information that may not be reliable and in some cases may be harmful, here is what your vet wants you to know. I'm Dr. Brittany Lancelotti, board certified veterinary dermatology specialist. Join me to get the information you're looking for to care for your pet. If you're curious about your pet, then your vet wants you to know. Welcome everyone to today's episode of Your Vet Wants You to Know. I am very excited to talk about today's topic because I know it is a question that is very commonly asked of family veterinarians, and that's why is my cat scratching? Certainly cats can display a scratching behavior and that can be frustrating. So today I have with me a close friend and colleague, Dr. Gwyneth Stair, who is going to be talking about why your cat scratches and what you can do to kind of get control of this behavior so it is not taking over your entire life. Welcome to the episode, Dr. Stair. Thank you very much for coming and, and joining us on the show today. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and why this topic is something that you're interested in talking about? So I was an overnight emergency veterinarian for about two years when I was a new graduate. So basically, if it's happened, I've seen it. Then I got sick of working every holiday and every night. So I transitioned to daytime practice after buying a family practice from a retiring veterinarian in my hometown. I also do work for my county's animal shelter, so addressing behavior issues in cats that cause them to be surrendered to the shelter has become a pet project of mine, pun intended. <laughs> a common cicala of trying to fix the issue surgically, i.e. declawing, is the number one reason for cat abandonment, which is peeing outside the litter box. Perfect. I think this is going to be such a great episode for giving people not only information about why their cat is scratching, but tools for channeling that scratching behavior and giving them options to avoid that declawing mm -hmm. that will eventually lead to peeing outside of the litter box. And Dr. Harris and I talked about peeing outside of the litter box on another episode. So if people are having problems with that, there's a great episode to listen to. But let's dive right into kind of this cat scratch behavior. Tell me a little bit about your cats. So I am a legitimate crazy cat lady. Um, <laughs> I have six cats of my own. I have three that live in the clinic with me, my clinic cats. But I always typically have at least one or two litters that I'm fostering that I take from the animal shelter, give them vaccines, deworm them, spay them, neuter them, and then get them ready to adopt and adopt out. I want to show people that you don't have to struggle every day trying to protect your furniture and belongings because I certainly don't. And you don't have to consider putting your family member through a painful procedure to ensure that. On the other hand, keeping the cats off your counters, that is another story. I have not been able to figure that one out. And cats certainly do like to climb. I remember growing up with cats in our household. They were always on the counters and up on top of the rafters uh, around the ceilings. They just like to be as high as they possibly could. Yeah. Dirty dish counters, my current pet peeve. <laughs> 
So let's talk about this scratching behavior. I, I know a lot of pet owners can be really frustrated by the scratching things around the home. Mm-hmm. Why do cats do this? What is the reason for this behavior? So we need to talk about species-specific behaviors. Clawing and scratching is a species-specific behavior for cats. So even declawed cats that don't have claws, they are going to scratch just because they have that instinctual drive to do it. If they can't do them, it will cause them significant stress. So they will almost always find a way to do this behavior, even if it wasn't what evolution initially intended. So in dogs, it's chewing, you know, dogs chewing up shoes, not exactly, you know, what they evolved to do, but they will take that behavior out on inappropriate items. When we did food animal rotations, we talked a lot about chicken species specific behaviors. So chickens like to peck um, and they like to scratch in the dirt and they need, you know, environment big enough for them to be able to do that or they're going to do those behaviors inappropriately on each other and chickens will peck each other bloody even if they can't get this behavior out. So cats scratching, like I said, they are going to do it whether they have claws or not. It's just an instinctual drive. And one thing I like to think about that's sort of interesting is thinking about what are human species specific behaviors, like what behaviors we have evolved to do and what we need to do to be happy in our own lives. So for my husband, his species specific behavior is making pizza for sure. That's a lucky one. (laughs) (laughs) So these behaviors, these species specific behaviors, particularly in cats when they're scratching, they're going to cause damage to the furniture as Mm -hmm. well as damage to the relationship with the pet owner. And I know that a lot of times declawing is something that people may seek out as a solution to the problem. Why don't you talk a little bit about declawing and what's the current evidence and recommendations regarding this procedure? So, and this varies vet by vet, and, you know, every vet has their own opinion. But basically, declawing a cat involves surgically amputating the last bone in every one of their little fingers, the last bone that the nail and claw is attached to. I always tell people, look at your hand and imagine cutting through the last knuckle on every finger. This is what declawing does. Now, think about doing that on your toes. How would you walk differently if all of your toes were shorter, you know, Would your stride be altered if you didn't have your big toe to push off of? And the answer is yes. And if you watch a declawed cat, they do walk differently. So changing the biomechanics of the cat and causing them to move differently, um, it does cause earlier and even more severe onset of arthritis just from abnormal wear of the joints. Even some bones are becoming weight-bearing that aren't necessarily supposed to be. Cats also suffer severe pain from contracted tendons after being declawed. So what do tendons do when you cut them? They contract, they scar down. So when they cut off the last bone in the foot, um, which is called the third phalange, the tendon contracts and it pulls it sort of into like a curl. So I tell people, you know, hold your hand out flat, curl your fingers inward so that you're making like sort of like the claw. Now, how would it feel if your hands are stuck like that? How would you walk different if your toes were stuck like that? Yeah, this seems like it would be really, really uncomfortable, both in the hands and the the feet. And cats are walking on all four of those. Right. The third phalange is actually weight-bearing in cats. And it's sort of shaped like a bowl. And the second toe bone sort of sits in the bowl. And then so when you remove that third bowl-shaped bone, the second phalange now becomes the weight-bearing bone. And you can imagine it's supposed to be in a cushioned bowl absorbing the weight. And now you just have the second phalange itself hitting the ground and bearing the weight. 
So when you're saying that the third phalange, that bowl portion that supports the second phalange, mm-hmm. um, when that's gone, they're walking on a surface that's no longer supported right. the way that it was. So not only is this animal painful for the procedure, you know, after surgery, there's a significant amount of pain associated with it. It's, it's also forever. It's forever. Every single step they take for the rest of their life, they are Mm -hmm. going to be painful. But when it comes down to what really causes people to abandon their cat, it is the behavioral problems that develop after decline. You know, cats will never use a litter box again, making them, you know, pee on the floor, inappropriate elimination. They may use a potty pad. They may use your carpets or your dirty laundry on the floor. But what they will not do is something that causes them bladder pain, arthritis pain. But a lot of the time, it's foot pain from being declawed. Cats naturally want to eliminate in substrate like litter or dirt if they're outside where they can dig and bury their you know, eliminations. They don't want to pee on the floor, but they will if they are in pain. Because they're associating that litter box with the pain that they experience when they dig. That's not something that they're going to want to do. So they'll find other ways to eliminate. And oftentimes it creates more of a problem than the scratching Mm -hmm. behavior on the furniture. Yeah. And when you do a stakeholder analysis for declawing, I don't think it's in the owner's or the cat's best interest to do it. You're going to make an even worse problem than you had before. To me, a bigger problem is having pee on the floor than having, you know, scratches. And that's going to be an even harder problem to fix in the end. So the owner's paying this fee in hopes that they're going to have a better behaved animal when, you know, statistically, they're likely to have an even worse behaved cat. And then that's when the cat ends up at the shelter. What other behavioral issues do you wind up seeing when the animal is declawed? So the other big behavioral issue we see is biting. And it's not to say that cats with claws don't bite. They definitely do. But a declawed cat is statistically more likely to bite and bite hard enough to cause injuries. One theory is that they don't have their first defense, which is their claws. So they escalate immediately straight to biting, where if they had their claws, they might start with scratching or something you know, less injurious than biting. The other theory is, again, pain. The cat isn't sure why it's in pain. So if you touch a painful spot, they might associate you with that pain. Or if you're painful a lot in your life, you might just have a shorter fuse. Yeah, if I've had a long day of procedures and I've kind of held my body in the wrong way and my back is bothering me when I get home, my fuse is much shorter. Mm -hmm. And these animals that have gone through this decline procedure are painful. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not surprised that they're more likely to bite than a normal cat would be. Yeah. And it's a sad phenomenon. A lot of times older people with delicate skin and sometimes even immune compromised people get their cats declawed just to protect themselves. But what's sad about it is that cat bites are so much worse than cat scratches. You won't Mm -hmm. go to the hospital for a cat scratch, but absolutely you will for a cat bite and you will be on antibiotics for that cat bite. And if you're immune compromised, then the bacteria in a cat's mouth is so much worse for infection. Yeah, absolutely. Those teeth in their mouth are designed for tearing through flesh. Mm -hmm. And so when a cat bites, they are going to sink those teeth in very deep. And there is so much bacteria inside of a cat's mouth and they are nasty bacteria that will cause really, really bad infections. And I've seen some really horrible cat bite infections in some of my colleagues who 
were dealing with cats that weren't quite happy to be at the vet. For those people who think they're doing the right thing by getting an animal declawed so that they don't run the risk of getting hurt, they wind up in a much riskier situation um, if they get bit. What are some of the alternatives to declawing that pet owners can use to provide the cat the opportunity to perform these normal species-specific behaviors while still saving their furniture and Mm -hmm. keeping themselves sane? So this is the easiest part for me. The simplest and safest way is to put nail caps on them. So these are little rubber nail-shaped caps that you basically super glue on your cat's nail. And that just renders them ineffective as far as like scratching. It's just a nice little blunt surface. I keep them on my cat who likes to sit on my shoulder and dig her back claws into my chest. And I have the scars to prove it. (laughs) The caps do grow out with the nail and they do fall off. So I would say about every two months is when we have them come back in to get the caps on. The only time this really doesn't work is if the cat is, you know, really picky and they chew the nails off and the nail caps don't stay on. Then your best option is just to keep the nails trimmed short or even not adopt a cat if it poses that big of a health risk to you. I have a question about these nail caps. Is that Mm -hmm. something that has to be put on by a family veterinarian or is that something that the pet owners might be able to do themselves? No, you can definitely do it at home. It's super, super easy. We offer it as a service in our clinic just, um, I guess, for convenience for people, but also for, you know, the older people with the skin that just gets damaged so easily. There's a ton of different kits on Amazon. Um, I always say wear gloves with it because I get that super glue all over my fingers. But I mean, if you get super glue on your fingers, it's not the worst thing you can do. So since you've put plenty of these caps on your own pet, as well as your pets that come into the clinic, do you have any tips or tricks for pet owners who want to put these onto their cat's claws? Other than wearing the gloves to not get the super glue on their hands? Have a helper. (laughs) You can't do it by yourself, no matter how good your cat is. Believe me, you'll get super glue everywhere. I typically have, you know, my husband or one of my technicians just hold the cat. We go through, trim all the nails, which is an important part. Don't forget to trim the nails because those will keep growing too. And then you just put a little drop of super glue in the cap, just fit it over the nail. And I sort of like squeeze it and hold it there for a couple seconds just while the glue dries. But it's that easy, really. I mean, it takes a little bit to get the hang of it if you've never done it. Um, Sometimes the cats will pop off if you don't hold them for a little bit, but just put more glue in and stick them back on. Perfect. As a fear-free certified veterinarian, I'm a big fan of creating positive associations and making things like this be enjoyable for the pet. Mm -hmm. So I think pairing this when an animal is hungry and using a really high value food reward would be helpful in creating that positive association with the routine, Mm -hmm. especially if it needs to be done every two months or so. And then if the cat is super anxious about it, um, it might not be a bad idea to talk to your veterinarian about some type of anti-anxiety medication, which I've talked about in a previous episode on pre-visit medications. That would be a great tool to make the experience more pleasant, not only for your cat, but also for you when putting these nail caps on. And even just a little bit of like squirt cheese on the nose will make it a lot better for them too. (laughs) Love it. That's great. So you've got the nail caps. What other Mm -hmm. things can people do to prevent destruction of their furniture at home? So most people, I would say, don't use the nail caps since they are a little bit labor intensive. The easiest way to teach your cat not to scratch your furniture is to provide a bunch of different scratching posts. I tell people, you know, get like 
one vertical scratching post, one horizontal scratching post, put them right next to where the cat scratches, and then use double stick tape where the cat scratches. And that is that simple to train your cat. They do not like the sticky tape and they will not scratch it. I really like the sticky tape. I think that's uh, a really great idea. I never would have thought of that as something that the cat yeah. doesn't like. No, sticky tape is how you train a cat. That's it. <laughs> so uh, there's a bunch of different options on Amazon again. Like there's just the regular double stick tape. There's sheets they make for couches that you can slap up there. But the bottom line is the cat will not scratch the double stick tape. Your cat will go to scratch where it usually scratches. It'll hit the tape and be like, ah, this is disgusting. I'm going to go right <laughs> onto the scratching post. Done. That easy. That's great. So the sticky tape doesn't have to be a permanent solution, just has to be up there long enough to retrain the cat that, mm -hmm. hey, there's a better option for you right next to where you've been scratching. Yep. Uh, so what are some of the big takeaway points that you would like pet owners to remember as far as why their cat is scratching? So claws and scratching are just inherent nature of everything that makes a cat a cat. And honestly, it's why we love them, you know, making biscuits, hunting flies, climbing things they shouldn't. I always tell people you should see your house as your cat's habitat, you know, just like in a zoo and not your cat as a guest in your house. So if pet owners were more aware of what drives their pet and what needs they have for the pet to be content, I think we would not see as many behavior issues as we do. Yeah, I absolutely agree. They are part of our family. We need to make them feel as comfortable in our home as we do. And a lot of the behavior problems that we see are just because an animal is trying to perform its natural species specific mm -hmm. behaviors. So I think there's a lot of really good information that you shared with our listeners today about how to make their home a welcoming place for their cat and make it as relaxing and enjoyable as possible for their animal. Exactly. So are there um, other resources that you would like to mention to the listeners if they want more information about cat scratching and declawing? Mm -hmm. So the PAW Project has a lot of good information on there. It's just pawproject.org. It's a veterinarian trying to sort of increase awareness about declawing cats. She started off with big cats, so like tigers and lions that you know were in zoos or um, entertainment business, you know, they would be declawed and have even bigger issues than our tiny little house cats would have with the procedure. Yeah. But I also really love Jackson Galaxy's educational videos on YouTube. He is great about how to, you know, make your house more copacetic to, you know, having a cat. And he has a couple videos on how to basically catify your house. And there are studies that just even moving furniture to a place that is better for the cat can lower cortisol levels. And that's a hormone in the blood that we can use to measure stress levels. Those are really good resources. And I'll have those in the show notes for listeners to check out if they want some more information on how to make their home more cat friendly. Mm -hmm. I know also the Indoor Cat Initiative has some really good ways for decreasing stress in your cat as well. Many family veterinarians can help to provide you with solutions if your cat is scratching, but if you want a link to find a behaviorist near you, I'll have that posted on the website, yourvetwantsyoutoknow.com, if you'd like to consult with a specialist regarding your cat's behavior, and you can view the references for today's show in the show notes on the website. 
If you have a cat that has had to be retrained or had to relearn their scratching behavior, or you have a favorite scratching post, something that you're really proud of for making your cat comfortable in your household and and giving them something they really enjoy, I would encourage you to join the Facebook group and show us pictures of your cat's favorite scratching post. Um, Help provide other pet owners with ideas for getting their cat to scratch where they want them to and not ruining their furniture. Dr. Stair, I like to end each episode with a segment called Scratching the Itch. This is a little bit different kind of scratch. Um, This segment highlights something, either a human interest story, a product, a website that either provides relief or just makes you feel good. Hence, Mm -hmm. Scratching the Itch. Do you have a Scratching the Itch for our listeners today? Well, like I said earlier, I am a crazy cat lady and I always have kittens in my clinic for adoption. I am a very huge proponent of adopting from shelters and helping the bird in in shelters. Uh, But that being said, uh, my number one tip for new pet owners asking me about adopting a kitten is adopt two. They do so much (laughs) better together. Um, And I think it's a common misconception that people think cats are, you know, solitary animals. But cats are not independent dwellers like many people think. Their natural social structure is to live in groups. Yeah, absolutely. So that's great. Having two kittens instead of one will help provide relief for the other cat and make you feel good as a pet owner. I love that. Thank you very much. We will have some pictures on the website. I hope to get a picture of Dr. Stare with her cat. And we'll have some pictures of the soft paws, the caps that go on the nails, as well as a link to soft paws in the show notes. So you can check those out and see if that's something that might help with your cat. Dr. Stair, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today about all of the different ways that pet owners can help to kind of channel that scratching behavior so that the furniture doesn't get ruined and so that their pet can live a a happy, healthy life. Mm -hmm. And keep cats out of the shelter. I love it. That's great. Thank you very much. And for all of you listening, I look forward to your next visit with your vet wants you to know. (laughs) 